hello. My name is Dr. Grant Howitt. And this fellow sat by the fire over here, next to me, in this high-backed leather armchair, is Dr. Christopher Taylor. Say hello, Christopher Taylor. Hello. Sorry. Say hello, Doctor. Hello. That's good. Now, we are here, of course, to educate, elucidate, illuminate, and effervesce over Don't topics. Enlighten. We w- No, we're not going to enlighten. We discussed oh. that before the podcast. I'm sorry. Doctor, I'm very upset with you. I'm mainly research assistant, Taylor. Well, <laughs> we, have to, we have to make them believe we're both doctors, otherwise oh. we stop getting the money. I've done. I've done one of those plaques on the wall in crayon, which says <laughs> "Actual Doctor." <laughs> I stuck a CD to my head, like what, like what surgeons have. <laughs> I've got a stethoscope, but it's one of those tiny ones for kids. <laughs> it still works legally. <laughs> Hello, no, I'm not a doctor. It may surprise you. I'm just regular old Mister Grant Howitt, and this guy over here. He's Mr. Chris Taylor, and we are your Hearty Dice friends. Uh, we are here to talk about topics which aren't role-playing. This is the Hearty Dice Lecture, a bonus episode, uh, graciously paid for by our by our patrons. Uh, we have we have we keep asking people, we keep asking the patrons to give us lecture topics, and God love them, they just don't send them in, <laughs> <laughs> which is basically fine because for some reason they've decided to pay us, but yeah. not expect us to do any work for it. This is really the best of all possible worlds. We fall into here. Um, we didn't do one last uh, last month because no one sent any in, but they kept paying us. So hey ho! This time, some people have responded, and we're being a bit a bit snappier about it this time. And I decided the theme this month would be Britain. You know it. You love it. You maybe even live there. I certainly do. And you are maybe curious about some things about Britain. Are you curious about Britain, Chris? I'm endlessly curious about Britain. Mm. How does this manifest itself? Uh, in a yearning for tea. <laughs> scones. No, just tea. Is it scones or scones? Scones. Mm-hmm. Good. Because then you can make scone jokes. It's oh, gone. Like, like it's gone. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, or it's a cone, I guess. But that's, <laughs> that comes up less. It doesn't. A scone. <laughs> That's I can't think of a time that would ever be said except if you were drunk in an ice cream shop. <laughs> Which is a good time. Mm, well, that would be good, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we have two questions. Uh, and I, uh, we're going to ask each other the questions and then we'll present a short presentation on what they are. So Chris, can you ask me my question first, please? Yes, Grant. What is... And what is meant by a stiff upper lip? Mm. So, a stiff upper lip is the is the traditional English um, moral fibre, the, uh, the perhaps the emotional strength, the emotional resilience of the British people. Uh, we have been encouraged over many years, uh, and by British I mean English in this. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, the Scots have no equivalent stiff upper lip. Uh, there's, they do have cock up your beaver, <laughs> but that's um, mainly a joke. Yes, but that it's 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 a reference to to to, to pushing up the brim of your hat, and um, and being jolly. But obviously, it also sounds a bit like willies and and, and badges, which is funny. <laughs> mm. 
genitals. Um, so the Brits, and by the Brits I mean the English, um, a lot of it has risen out of the uh, out of the public school system. Uh, the public school systems were inspired by the Stoic philosophers, who were very popular around Roman times. And the idea, like the core idea behind Stoicism, um, is sorry, Romans and Greeks. Um, the core idea behind uh, Stoicism is that you are the master of your domain. You are in charge of everything that's going on, and if you are upset or affected by an outside source, it is entirely up to you how much you let that affect you, which is a horrible, toxic way to think of things. <laughs> Isn't it? It's just ruinous. And that is the sort of thing which leads to public schools. <laughs> yes. Uh, in England, public schools are private schools, unlike America, where they're actually public. <laughs> they are, um, I'm not entirely sure why the <laughs> distinction is there, but public schools are very expensive. I uh, believe, schools, what you go to. I believe it's so that um, the poor turn up uh, but then can be turned away. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Oh, no, no it's, it's public, public. it's very expensive. Well, uh, you clearly don't understand, do you? No, 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 no. My. It's a, uh, it's, it's, it is a toxic, horrible way of looking at the world, maintaining a stiff upper lip. It also ties in with the keep calm and carry on. Yep. Um, I quite like the idea behind keep calm and carry on. Like, the core idea behind, and I want to stress that, just that message... The idea that... Now, hear me out here. Mm. I think it's a lovely idea during war. Because yes. it's, like, it's like, hey, we have to keep doing this. We have to keep making tea. We have to try and pretend there's some semblance of normality. Otherwise, the entire country is going to devolve into chaos. Let's just try and keep calm and pretend. Not pretend that everything's okay, but keep, keep moving. And in times of war, what you want to do is get angry and change things. Which is opposite. But the thing which really bothers me is it stopped now, thankfully. But for a while, about three years ago, there was keep calm and have a gin. Keep calm and wear a red dress. And they just put whatever they wanted underneath there to try keep calm and bake cupcakes. I mean, I guess be a squirrel. (laughs) I guess that I guess it's all it's it's nice being calm sometimes, but I think calm isn't the isn't the be all and end all. It's nice. It's good to have emotion. Yeah. It's, good to, it's good to be passionate and furious about things. Now, but that's the big problem, isn't it? What? That it essentially breeds emotionless zombies. Yes. Well, you see, mm, it might breed emotionless zombies. What it breeds is people who are on it, who are ill-equipped to manage their emotions. So when hello. something hello, so when something truly terrible happens, they are shit out of luck because they have nowhere to turn to. Yes. Um. Men, like so, Englishmen. Um, hello, as, hello. Um, have not been trained in expressing emotions. We are, we are trained to. I think, I think it's a problem with men all over the world. Traditionally, I don't, I, I don't know of many places where where men are encouraged to be emotive um, and to express those emotions and to discuss the way they feel and to admit weakness. Uh, but we have, we have a an endemic problem in our society where people say that, um, that emotional. Emotional expression is a sign of weakness, is a sign of womanhood, and therefore is a sign of something not being wanted. And it leads to the fact that I'm just going to get real here, which I think I've said in the previous episode: the largest killer of men under eighty, uh, men under thirty years old, is themselves. Yeah, we have a epidemic of mental health issues in the world amongst young men because we don't know how to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> we were t- we were told to just stop it for a very long time, and then we go and hang ourselves in dormitories. It's not fun. It's a bad. It's a bad scene. 
Um, and I think I'd like to move on from that. But before I do, I just want to—I I, I, want to finally ruin the phrase "stiff, stiff upper lip" for you. It's not even um, a Britishism. Is it not? No. One of the earliest known references to the phrase was was in the Massachusetts Spy, June eighteen fifteen. Now I don't, I'm going I'm to attempt my best Massachusetts accent here. Okay. Okay. I kept a stiff upper lip and bought a license to sell my goods. Is that Massachusetts? Does that sound no? Uh, uh, let me... Massachusetts is Boston. Boston. I kept a stiff upper lip. Boston. What? No. Um. I kept You're a going... stiff you... upper. Kept a stiff upper lip and bought a license to sell my goods. <laughs> sell my goods. I kept a stiff upper lip. No. Just do it, cowboy. I kept a stiff upper lip and bought a license to sell my... license. I kept a stiff upper lip and bought a license to sell my goods. Well, yeehaw, partner. <laughs> Rootin' tootin' cowboy here. I rode it. I rode it on my horse, and by golly, his upper lip was stiff. And I bought a license to sell my goods. Uh, there are several more U.S. references from early nineteenth century. Found in my mid-century, it became quite common. While the earliest British reference reported is from eighteen forty-four. So it's an Americanism. It is an Americanism, yeah. But then uh, the English language is renowned for just taking what it wants. Oh my God! We'll have whatever we want. We'll run roughshod, roughshod over your language, and like, and like, we'll, we'll go through its pockets for spare words, and then just stuff them in our pockets and run away, giggling the whole way. It's a horrible language to learn English. I've heard. I'm really glad it was the first one I did. Yeah. And by first, I mean one I did. The only. Well, you know, yeah. you know a couple of words in other languages. You can get by. Eu eu falo um pouco português, mas now properly. <laughs> Different matter. I speak fake Portuguese. Yeah, which counts. Um, sorry, I just saw here. So there, there's there's an, as an Islamic term called uh, sabba, uh, which is the virtue of patience or endurance, and more accurately, perseverance and persistence. Oh, that that seems nicer. Well, it's one of the two parts of the faith. The other being shuka, which is gratitude, which is nice. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with that. Work. Yeah, sounds good. I'm, maybe there's some problems with it. Who knows? I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to go through and read all of the article. No, but what you've just said is lovely. Yeah. Now, Chris, I have a question for you. Ask me that very question. My biggest horsey friend, my big horse friend, Zenten asks: Is there really a British identity, or is there just an English, Scottish, wealth, wealth? I'm going to take that one again if that's okay, because please do. Is there really? Please Zenton... do. Zenton asks, "Is there really a British identity, or is there just an English, Scottish, Welsh, and Northern Irish identity?" So I'm going to turn this around uh-huh. and, and ask you a quick question. Wow. Okay, I just answered the question. No, I understand. What do you think Britishness is? I'm going to take. I'm going to take a tilt at this. Okay. Okay. Fresh cut grass, a pint of just below room temperature flat beer, drunk outside on the hottest day of the year, on one of those wooden picnic benches outside a pub, while someone nearby eats a plate of chips. That is the most British thing I can imagine. Right. Can you now translate that to Ireland? Is it the same? 
sitting in the rain. Northern <laughs> Ireland. Sitting yes. in the rain. Drinking a pint of, I presume, Guinness? Is it popular over there? What do they uh, have over let, there? Let's assume yes. You've been there? Yes, I, on St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's true, okay. God, really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a baptismal of fire. It was um, good. I was ill. I think it's pretty much the same thing, honestly, except the weather's slightly less warm. Exactly, and that's that's what national identity and Britishness is. Drinking outside. No, it's that concept that you have mm. of of the land in which you live, or that others have of that land in which Put you live. Put it this way. I would not expect to sit on one of those picnic tables and have someone nearby me eating chips in any other country. Exactly. Unlike, sorry, on grass. And I'm sure they're about. I'm, I'm, honestly, you probably go to France and find one of those pretty quick. But it doesn't feel British. No, exactly. And, that's... and I feel that I feel we could get it in Scotland, we get it in Wales. Yeah, sorry, I'm talking over you. Go on. No, no, no. That's 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 what I mean. Like British identity mm. is something that is not necessarily shared between everybody. It's not like an aggregate. I I wouldn't say. I I say I'm British. I suppose, but that doesn't mean much. Like I'm I'm Scots technically. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Scotland, um, and. It's difficult, I suppose, because I've moved around a great deal. Um, you know, I was born in I was born in Scotland, and we, we we moved out of the Isle of Mull when I was three and a half, and then we down to Carlisle, and then Norwich. Uh, sorry, and then Portugal, and then Norwich, and then London, and then Sydney, and then New York, and then London again, and God knows where next. Guam. <laughs> but I've moved around so much that I don't really have a I don't really have a sense of a national identity. I don't feel like ah oh, well I'm from this place and I feel happy to be from this place. I don't feel that sort of mystical, indefinable connection to anywhere. Do you do you get that? See, that's the difference. Whereas I've lived in Sussex most of my life. Yeah, you briefly lived in Norwich, and I briefly lived in East Anglia. Yeah, I like that's it. So, like, have you got a feel for the place? Do you have an identity for where you're from? Not necessarily, like, England, capital G, England, but just, like, the land that you're from. I feel I do. And one of the things that I that I find very strange is when I'm driving. Yeah. I notice when I'm in different counties. Oh, really? Like, it is, it is, it's noticeable that I'm not in Sussex anymore without any mm. signs. Because the trees are different. Yes. And the houses, and the houses feel different. Yes, and everyone walks differently. Especially in Norwich. Yeah, and they, they glare at you through their one big eye. Yeah, all fam- <laughs> a whole family with the same limp. Not right, parts, are you? All right, strangers. Do you want to go stay in the guest house until the bus arrives? <laughs> Fucking love the deep one voice. Really <laughs> it's like such doing a good it. one. <laughs> but like... A sorry, British, not Innsmouth I- voice. In, sorry, a British identity is not mm. like a national value. Yeah. It's not like the stiff upper lip, which is essentially a national value. Yeah. It's that feeling of homeliness and... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, it's like I think, iconic? Uh, uh, I think I think homeless is, is, the word, is the word you're after. I think you've got it. Yeah. And I think that that is, that is shared in a lot of ways between Scotland, Ireland, yeah. Wales and England. Um, and 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 also the fact that we we largely get on with each other now. Yeah. 
Um, like there's like, I think one of the important things about about British nationality is that it's okay to be. It's not racist if it's against people on the same country as you. Mm-hmm. Um, I still feel a bit uncomfortable about like the Irish. I don't. I don't really like making Irish jokes, but everyone else we're okay with. Yeah, you know that's fine. It, there's 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 that in the French. Yeah, and we expect it back. Precisely, and like it's it's all fairly good natured from what I can tell. Um, I, I, I was recently in Scotland. It was lovely. I should like to go back at some point. I saw a deer. <laughs> see, I see deer a lot. Having li- living mm. in Sussex. Well, I I live next to the next to the train tracks in <laughs> yes. in, in, in London. <laughs> Whereas I live about four miles from a deer farm. Yeah, I saw a fox once. That's a different kind of fox you got out that you got over there. Yeah, cunning industrial foxes. Whereas I have those lovely, cute, bright red jobs that just sort of yeah. run around and frolic. <laughs> frolic, make biscuits, make cups of tea for the for the old ladies of the village, that sort yes. of thing. I, I live in the sort of location where at night you have to drive slightly slower than you think because mm-hmm. you because there might just be a deer just standing in the middle of the road. Now I want to I want to raise something. I want to raise a discussion here. Now, smarter people than us have talked about the idea of Britishness and the idea yep. of Englishness, Scotsness, whatever. I think that maybe we're having some real issues access- accessing this information because it's like asking a fish what water's like. Because we can we can summon up an idea of an American identity, can't we? Yes. Yeehaw, cowboy hats, lassoes. Well, I mean, America's so big that you can you can subdivide. Well, that's the thing. I mean, but we're trying, we're, we're subdividing, and we're about you know you could spit across the, uh, the British Isles. Yeah, I mean, like when I was talking about driving in different counties and noticing yeah, precisely. They were different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please bear in mind that that is thirty miles <laughs> to, to the Americans and Canadians. That's we're about as far as you're going to take a piss in America. Yeah, like that is a range of thirty miles. We are yeah. a country that is four hundred miles top to bottom. Yeah, it's stupid small. <laughs> so everything is condensed, and like. There are regional accents here, and again, they're 30 miles away, mm. and it's still a different accent to the one that I have. So, let's look... If we look at America, like I think like we, we for example, couldn't pick out the difference between, between someone from North Carolina and South Carolina. No. But they could. Yes. But... I suppose I have an idea of what it means to be American, and then the second that I start sort of drilling down into that, there's so many different identities because they're all people, aren't they? You know? Yeah. Um, I have an idea of Frenchness. I have an idea of uh, Brazilianity. I you like know? that word. Thank you. I'm, I'm happy with it. Slap a patent on it. But <laughs> but I don't think we can get that information ourselves because it's like it's. Part of the same reason that one of the things I've been trying to do as I've become more socially aware is analyse what it means to be a man, what it means to be male. And mm. I find it so hard to take away society's message from male, from like male equals normal. If you yes. are a, if you are a bloke, you are normal, and I mean bloke, not necessarily male. If you're a bloke, you're normal, and then everything else is diverging away from that. And so, as someone who's trying to examine that that statement, it's really hard to find information. Like, what is a positive masculine trait? You just don't know. I think tallness. Champion. But I, but I know some very tall women, so there's that. Damn. Yeah. You see, it's difficult. Um. So I think that there's not really a British identity in that we don't. Uh, maybe every, maybe once every four years, 
when we come together. Uh, actually, t- tell you what, there is a British identity. Yeah. I'll tell you when it happens. When Andy Murray gets through to a final in the tennis. Yes. Because at that point, he is British. What a, <laughs> what a great victory for Great Britain we've got here. This British tennis player. Yeah. Um, and then if he loses, if, like, if he doesn't get through to the final, this feckless Scot <laughs> smoked a bunch of fags and ate half a deep fried pizza and then spunked his victory up the wall. Get back up away the border with you. We we are we are a nation who attaches itself to winners. I, th- I think a lot of I think a lot of countries like that. But us, I mean, like we're very much in a period of faded glory. Everything about this country is a sad echo of what it once was. Yeah, um, you know, and it's and it's people remembering I, the I do, wonderful days. I do want to say we're talking about the wonderful days and sad echoes. The empire was not a good thing. No, I want to stress that. Just it was. Economically beneficial. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it is unproblematic to say that the empire was 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 economically beneficial for the United Kingdom. All it told. was, by comparison, richer. Yes. Now, not so much. I mean, better morally, yes, mm. but just less stuff. So that's us. That's our that's our exploration of Britishism, which I think we've we've had an incredible. I've had an incredible twenty minutes of not knowing what the fuck Britishism is. <laughs> well, that's the thing that 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 that's the point I've been trying to get across. Yeah. Like, the British identity is is not an aggregate of the people; it's an mm. aggregate of what the people think British is. I'd like to, like to ask you a question, actually. Um, mm-hmm. The question that you asked me earlier, like, what is what, what is Britishness? And I came up with a sort of cut grass picnic bench, lukewarm beer. Yeah. What about you? Well, for me, there's there's the element of the pub as well. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. Um, yes, the pub the pub does seem crucial, doesn't it? It does, but for me, it's it's just being in a back garden. Yes, that's true. They don't have with, those in other countries, do they? Well, they do, but with with the sounds of people around. Yeah, and and, and also um, birdsong. There's English birdsong. Yeah, and it's it's that kind of uh, homely. Mm. feel to that. Can I and talk about pubs for a sec? Please do, I do love them. I've I've travelled all over this great world of ours, and, you know, that's not quite true, but I've been to a few places. I've gotten drunk in a lot of different places. And no one quite has the communal living room down like we do. No, that is very like, true. Like, generally, when you go to places, they are bars, Every other country in the world has bars, aside from Britain, in that they are they are a place in which you go to drink, and like maybe they're a place you go in which you drink, and then also you have coffee, or maybe you go and you have some snacks, and they're all nice places which encourage socialisation, and then you have the British pub, which is dark, soft. Very yep. few places are as soft as pubs. Very it, few bars it's like are the soft. entire place is slightly out of focus. Yes, and it probably is, given yeah. the amount you've been drinking. No, but like even as you walk in. Yeah. Once upon yeah. a time, before the smoking ban, it was slightly out of focus. Oh, I kind of miss that. I mean, I don't, I don't miss the way my clothes and hair smell, but I do miss having a fag with my pint. Yeah. Um, but you walk in, and there's this in. There's. Often there's a sofa, and if there's not a sofa, pretty much all the seats have cushions on them. Yeah, and 
everything will be very... And, like, it'll be carpeted, which is a terrible plan, given the amount of beer that's spilt. Mm-hmm. And it will be a, at least two degrees too warm. Yep, slightly too warm. And there are a lot of old men there. Who and, you don't think have moved. No. And, like, I, I used to have a local uh, back when I lived uh, a little bit more... A little bit closer to the uh, centre of London. And I swear to God, the same four men were sat by the bar there having the same conversation every time I went in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, occasionally, they would leave, and sometimes one might be late and arrive halfway through. <laughs> and do the old man stuttering run, like, yeah. oh, dear. Oh, terribly sorry. But it's just a living room which everyone has access to, and you pay £4.50 a pint to get in. And that's... That seems extortionally expensive, well, but okay. London. Oh, yeah. But, um... There's a softness and gentleness to it, and I think also like there's there's the there's a homosocial space to it as well. And that primarily the uh, like, until we're looking about thirty years ago, four years ago, the pub was a, the, the pub was a man's domain. Yeah, and there was a room what ladies could go and be in. And I think that there is a. I'm glad that women are now allowed in pubs. Put well, it that I mean, way. In my in my lifetime, there was the yeah. um, saloon and public bar. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. And um, women, I'd, I, I'd like to stress, women were allowed in both. Yeah. But the old men were in the saloon bar. Yeah. And the public. And bar their was, wives yeah. were in the public bar. And the public bar is kind of the first place you come through, and it's nice and light and bright and airy. <laughs> yeah. And pleasant. And then you get in the back, and it's, I just want to have kind of a grumble into some room temperature lager. Yeah, I I really like pubs because yeah. there's very few places where you can just go take a book and sit down yeah, and no suddenly feel included. Yes, yes, and like no one expects you to talk. No, like there's I no mean in a lot in a lot of pubs there's that kind of feeling of a library. Mm. Where yes, when when I mean and 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 by like I'm, I'm guessing you mean like you mean like Tuesday three p.m. right? Yeah. Yeah, not like, like Friday 8pm. No. <laughs> That's a pretty shitty library at that point. <laughs> yeah, but like when, when you've got a load of people in separate tables, yeah, there's this quiet reverence to it. Like, yeah. I don't disturb them, they don't disturb yeah. me, we do our thing. And the understanding but, is, we're all listening to each other as well. Oh, yeah. We're not hiding these conversations. We're all, like... Okay, like we'll all be we'll all be listening to the guy, and like, and like someone will say something funny, and everyone will do a little smile. Yeah, when it all happens, and then a group will come in. Yeah, at least four, maybe mm-hmm. more, and they'll sit yeah. down, and then one person will do a very loud laugh. Yeah, and at that point, it is the signal for everybody to just be loud. Okay, yeah, we're done. Okay, cool. and that's fine. Yeah, that's and it's a magical broken. thing. That's fine. Yeah, it's the the the, the, the three p.m. pub. Mm. It's a wonderful place to be. I adore yep. that. That and an empty pub. Oh, I, I, I like to have a couple of other people in there. No, I quite enjoy an empty pub. Yeah? There's something wonderful about it, because the barman's always bored, and will quite often bring you uh, the drink. That's true, that's always nice. Um, and you can quite easily just say, another one, and he'll know exactly what you mean. I don't mean to alarm you, Chris, but I've... Um... Uh, the the loading bar in Stratford, which is kind of a video game, board game kind of pub um, mm. uh, down uh, near Stratford Station. It's run by um, so so it's, it's it's called Secret Weapon. It's, it's 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 run by the loading bar company. So they're kind of nerds. But I walked in there 
yesterday to run my weekly game of D&D, and the barmaid said, another pint of punk IPA, yeah? Nice. And I will say one thing, it's a bit strong, and it's also 30 pence more than the beer I normally drink, but because she keep, because she seems to have picked it up as my order, I'm not going to buy anything else. No, <laughs> that's lovely. See, my only that's problem me. with that is it's a bar, not a pub. That, 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 that's, that's not a pub. Uh, the, the loading bar is a bar. It's yep. it's not a it's not a pub theme place. But I have a I have a I have a I have a I have what I drink, and I yep. can walk in and be recognised, and that feels nice. It's that inclusiveness. Yeah, it's almost like having a friend. Almost. Yeah. Well, actually, it's, it's just just being in a relationship with someone in the service industry has a good memory. Or a friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. For listening to this lecture, which has really gone off on a on a long pub tangent, I want you to imagine very very briefly just 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 before we go, uh, Chris and I um, we we started smoking before the smoking ban kicked in, and we celebrated the final day of the ban by going in to the Fat Cat, which is a very living roomy pub mm-hmm. in um, it's, it's not quite enough soft furnishings, but it's, it's still pretty living roomy. In um, in Norwich, which has a wonderful range of real ales, and we both smoked pipes indoors, mm-hmm. and then cigars. <laughs> our, th- our throats and lungs were knackered, but it was God, worth it. God, it was disgusting. You could not see through that pub. <laughs> Everybody was just caning through their cigarettes. Everyone was going at it. It was very much the last chopper out of Saigon feel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I um, I think that it's great we have a smoking ban honestly because it's kind of gross I don't like smoking indoors anymore thank you all for listening to this wonderful uh, lecture I've been Grant Howard not a doctor this has been Chris Taylor also not a doctor and Definitely we have not been a doctor please do not come to me for medical advice yeah or honestly any sort of high level advice um, yeah high level yeah, I'm I'm not even like a doctor of literature <laughs> I know some people who are doctors of gaming that's pretty cool. Well, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a doctor thing. We don't need a doctor for that, do we? No. Where's the stethoscope you... going to go? Mm. Thank you all for listening. We love you very much. Um, we will see you um, on Monday, but we'll also see you next month, when hopefully we'll have some more questions. We'll have to do a load of filler about pubs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was gold. It was golden filler. Golden filler. Golden filler. We love you very much and we'll see you soon. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.